The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Michael Dow, and with me tonight are Sue Timberlake and John Roberts. And uh, we all maybe have a touch of the walking pneumonia or something like that, so I'm hoping our voices all sound cooler and better. I think think I'm the New England distributor. Yeah, yeah, you could be. (laughs) A friend of mine was saying uh, that the weather today... Was sort of like the cold, blustery weather today was like Bill Belichick's face, <laughs> sort of glowering and <laughs> threatening. Yes. It's a bomb cyclone again. <laughs> it is a bomb. I saw that. I didn't realize that. I thought that was uh, Tom Brady's nickname. <laughs> not this year. <laughs> no, not no. His his nickname right now is Butterfingers. Yes, that's true. <laughs> At least to me. Yeah. <clears throat> so. And they're saying another storm the end of next week. Very similar. They're just queuing up. Well, to me, the big news, it's about four weeks to opening day. So, (laughs) woohoo! Oh, are you a baseball fan? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Good to know. What team? Uh, You you wouldn't know her. Vikings? Yeah, they're they're kind of obscure. Nobody's really into them. Celtics? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, by the way, if you uh, would like to tell us to stop talking about nonsense and maybe get on with things, or maybe you just like us to stop talking altogether, you can let us know, and we can get in touch with us in a few different ways. Uh, Our email is civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. On Facebook, we are facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. And on Twitter, it's at civilpoliticsfm. We also have a website, which is, amazingly still, civilpoliticsradio.com. Thank you, WordPress. That's got links to things we talk about, uh, supplemental episodes, um, you know, uh, uh, the European Vacation Fund, I think, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) God knows. (laughs) All right, so, um, you know, uh, I, I... the last couple of weeks, we've talked a lot about guns and gun violence uh, and, like, the uh, way that the, the, the Parkland high school killings um, have sort of rippled across American politics in a, in a way that uh, has been long coming and, and how amazing hopeful. the students are. Yeah. Um, and so I... I, I uh, Talking about something else has certainly been something on our minds, but it really does seem to me like the NRA has kind of been at the nexus of a number of interesting stories yeah. this week. So uh, he- here are like two or three that like come to mind. There's like um, uh, the state legislature of Georgia passed a law specifically to punish Delta Airlines, the state's largest employer. Take away their gas to uh, take subsidy. Away, take away a, a, a tax subsidy on fuel to make them more profitable to operate in their state of Georgia and provide them with jobs. You know, a thing that governments and especially, you know, pro-business Republicans are supposed to be in favor of. I hate it when they just give one subsidy to one company, though. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, it, well I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to argue with you about that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think 
I, I think the way they worded it is technically like airlines that like have their home base of operations in Georgia or something like that. They but. always do that with Mass Mutual here. They, yeah. You should see the legislation that says uh, on a street, you know, number 892 West Middlesex, you know, whatever their street address is. They put it right in the legislation. They're shameless. Oh, yeah. I hate it. I hate it when that happens. But because I believe in a free market. So. Right. Well, I mean, so my understanding is we have uh, a really great free market-based government. You know, it's the best you money can buy. <laughs> uh, have you heard what Elizabeth Warren says? Your your uh, senator, my senator too. But our senator. Yeah, the uh, the best senator money can't buy. Yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> I hope it's true. <laughs> yeah, I think it's true. I think it, I think it'll be true for a long time. Yeah, we'll see. You know. But um, if she runs in 2020, we'll we'll see. But so they they passed that law and to punish Delta because because Delta, Delta was going to stop giving a a flight a discount on tickets to members of the NRA. Did you see the the note on CNN? I don't know if you ever look at CNN. They said that actually there were only 13 people that used that discount at Delta. <laughs> wow, I didn't see that. So it was really easy for them to give it up. <laughs> I don't know if that's it's CNN, so it's probably somewhat fact based. So I, I <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm fairly sure that CNN um, got that uh, from somewhere. Yes, <laughs> didn't just make it up. I yeah. mean, let's hope. Um, but so there's that. That's so retaliation, and, which is very interesting. And of course, there was the president's big meeting with cabinet officials and congressional leaders, and where he basically said, nah, you know, let's let's pick people's guns away and then te- go to court to decide whether or not we should yeah. do that. Sitting right next to Diane Feinstein, and she was gleeful. Yeah. <laughs> she she, <laughs> she was couldn't like, believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about those assault weapons that she's trying to, you know, tried to ban for 100 years. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe not that. Since Harvey Milk. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. To, to, to be fair, you know, she's gotten a lot of crap from uh, in left left political circles for not being very left. But. Yeah, she's been very much pro-gun control ever since her friend Harvey Milk was murdered right in front of her, wasn't he? Well, I don't think she was there, but she became— Oh, is that why she survived? She became the president of the city. That's that's that was She was really strong when that happened. She was on the news, because people were horrified. They just yeah. couldn't, And there was somebody else that was shot, too, one of the other city councilors. Uh, and the mayor. Uh, and the mayor, yeah. yeah. I mean, a bunch of people—like, he killed, like, three or four people. Yeah, guy. yeah. So. And she, she came forward and— you know, was like a rock. So yeah. Well, I mean, and she I, still is. Actually. Yes. Well, she's she's a senator from California, so I I know the name, but there's a lot I don't know about her. Because oh, San you know, Francisco. Yeah, not, she's from a great district. Yeah. So. Well, she's but she's not my senator. So <laughs> like, there's like Diane Feinstein. I don't know as much about. So, yeah. And you know what it is? I was alive when that happened, so you know it was pretty horrifying. Well, I was too, but I don't think uh, I I don't remember it, and I'm pretty sure mom and dad made a point of not making sure you didn't. You know, yeah. Because yeah. you know, don't let the what was it, 73, 74, right? I don't remember the date. Yeah. Anyway. Like, um, something about Dianne Feinstein. Yes. Uh, the uh, California Democrats had their caucus. And um, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but they, but she did not get their endorsement. That's right. She got a majority of the votes of the delegates, but she needed, I think, two-thirds or three-quarters? Uh, two-thirds. Right. Yeah, so none of the money they're going to have to... Punch it out. She and her, the one. The uh, actually, Democrats. just sixty percent. Yeah, close. Uh, she got fifty-four percent. Yeah, and and the uh, other fellow got, I think. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Um, uh, she got thirty-seven percent, and the other fellow got fifty-four. Yes. 
Right. So he almost got enough got enough support to actually just claim the party's official endorsement. That's correct. Oh, now, interesting. Now, my understanding is, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he's not... Kevin DeLeon. Yes. He's not particularly well-known, even in California. And, you know, I've only heard of him because, well, this story last week, like, hey, did you hear Dianne Feinstein, <laughs> you know, nearly... Nearly got beaten. Right. Yeah. And this little sort of inter-party slap fight. Um, but my understanding is because California has, um, uh, you know, that kind of primary system where, oh, like... runoff. Well, like the, the 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 best the candidates who do best overall in the in the primary go on to be on the general election ballot, regardless of party. Yes, I, I, there's a yeah. cute term for that, and I forget yeah. what it is, but you know. Um, but anyway, so they nonpartisan, I think, is <laughs> one of the terms that's used. No, that's so. that that that's an actually like logical term. No, I mean, there's some there's something colorful. Well, city whatever. races are nonpartisan, and the same thing happens. It doesn't matter what party yeah. you're from. You the two front runners. Right. So like here yeah. in Massachusetts it tends to be the two Democrats, but yeah. And I imagine that'll be similar in California not uh, these in, days. Not in most cities and towns. But for statewide office. Oh I I'm sorry, I was talking local. Yeah yeah office that they're nonpartisan. No, the state the state races are partisan, but but East Hampton, Northampton, local races are nonpartisan. Right. I'm sorry, but yeah. flipping back to California for a second, yeah. I'm just saying like I think that applies to the statewide State office of Senate, and yeah. overall, I think California is going Democratic. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, no. Something else. Uh, just Kevin DeLeon is, is the uh, currently the president of the Senate in California. Oh, the state Senate. State, oh, that's state it. Oh, Senate, so he'd yes. be known. He'd be he he well is known. he is Probably, relatively well yeah. known in in Democratic circles in the state, yeah. but he doesn't. Obviously, he doesn't have uh, national um, name recognition. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I don't know because I've only spent a little bit of my life in California and I'm not really up on, like, its internal politics and culture. But one of the things about California is, like, it's the center of America's fame machine. So, like, it must be really hard to get notoriety and oh, traction because of Hollywood because, of Hollywood, yeah. because and all, you know like Beverly Hills why and... did Arnold Schwarzenegger become governor of California in no small measure because he was already really famous well and, and 30 like, people ran that too but like <laughs> he won yeah like he didn't like eke it out he won because yeah. like it was like there's all these people I'll vote for Arnold you know <laughs> so I'm just saying like you know I, I don't know if the guy's well known in California I don't know what his name recognition is in California I bet it would be hard because, you know, there's so many other things to talk about than the president of the state senate in California, you know. Good point. <clears throat> but but whatever. Um, and so, the fact that Jerry Brown is governor, that's all you need to know in my book, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. Twice. Well, actually. This is the end of his third. term. Yeah. He, 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 whatever this term ends, and I think it ends uh, this year or next yeah, year. Yeah, it was two terms, wasn't it, this time? Was well, there was there was a term limits that were passed after he was governor in the seventies. So yeah. he, he he gets to go again. He got to go again. He was like one of two or three people on earth who got to like run for more than two terms because he was you know yeah he didn't apply to him. Um. So yeah. So anyway. So so uh uh. Diane Feinstein uh was giddy about that whole thing, and the NRA has been like oh. What's President Trump doing? And they're they're sort of on the back foot there. Yeah, he's saying he could, you know, just give him a little fight. It's okay. I'm not as afraid of him as you guys are. Yeah. Pointing to the Congress. And then what does he do? Was it that night? Or I forget. Yeah. Like the next day, he had lunch with the three top people in the NRA. So they reeled him right in. Well. <laughs> or uh, he reeled them in. I don't know. I think it was more I, them demanding a meeting. My, my impression uh, is 
that President Trump uh, seems to agree with whoever spoke to him last. There seems to be a lot of that. Because the, the thing you wanted to talk about was uh, 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 the new tariffs, and I know, and we'll, th- that's sort of oh, how yeah. that played out. Yeah, that's different. But, yeah. <clears throat> but the third thing I just wanted to say, the way, the way the NRA seems to connect to things, is there was a report in, uh, from National Public Radio that suggested, you know, that Russian attempts to influence American politi- the American political process and sort of have contact with, uh, you know, to hold sway over how American, you know, who gets into office in this country apparently led to, like, uh, uh, Russian connections with the NRA. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's all there. Like, the Russia investigation. And, and like, how is this all, you know... It, it like uh, at this rate, we're all gonna wind up being, you know, with our actually wearing our tinfoil hats and going, "It's all connected." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you better believe it, brother. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I just think Mueller's doing a great job of just not releasing stuff and trying to keep uh, the investigation on track, and and it really is closing around Trump a little bit there with it, between his his it, son-in-law and. It seems to be. Yeah, he certainly. Um, he certainly keeping his mouth shut when he has nothing to say. That's that or al- Trump. <laughs> uh Robert Mueller. Oh, Robert Mueller. And his yes. and his his say. team. That that's an impressive well, like especially impressive in this current climate Oh, and they get rid of just, leaks, yeah. yeah They're yeah. really good at that. Yeah. Well, and um one of the uh one of the other sort of news stories that came out that doesn't actually specifically have to do with the NRA, but uh you know, Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law and squabbles about his security clearance. Um he um, he lost it. He lost it, and in part, like a report came out that there were a couple of uh, companies, and I forget which ones they who they were now, but they, you know, were involved in major business dealings. And after meeting international with him, companies, right, yes. and they met with him in the White House, and then after that, they wound up lending his real estate c- concern half a billion dollars. Well, his father's back in charge of his real estate because his father got out of jail. We oh, talked about this before. His, his father is, is allowed back in the business? I mean, yeah. I know he's no longer in federal prison. Thank yeah. you, Chris Christie. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think Chris Christie wasn't in the White House? <laughs> yeah. That, that was my theory. I, I, I <laughs> the, Like, even if that wasn't the only reason, clearly... If he's listening to to Jared Kushner, yeah, you know Chris Christie's not getting no. anywhere near. He put anything. his father in jail for good reason. So. Yeah. Anyway, so they they divest the com- companies. They didn't divest them. They're back in the control of the father. So it, there is an argument to be made that um, Kushner's not. Those aren't. He doesn't have controlling business interests in that. But yeah, his family but business has got huge loans. But there's there's a I billions, mean, there's right? A, or yeah, and there's a, there's an obvious connection when something is held by your parents. I mean, especially under current U.S. inheritance law yeah. uh, and the way, you know, we're like, you know, wh- one of the things that the uh, tax package that the uh, Trump administration just pushed through is to, like, really gut the uh, estate tax or uh, the death tax, as people on the right side of the aisle like to call it. You know, so, yeah. Good for your heirs. The more the more money uh, uh, Kushner Sr. makes, the more money Jared's going to wind up with. So. Yeah. And Ivanka, which, I mean, you know, doesn't everybody love Ivanka? <laughs> No, I don't think Yeah, so. and her security clearance, I think, got downgraded, too, but I only saw that in one place. I haven't seen it since. Yeah. Do you know? I, I just saw it briefly that they were saying that hers was also I'm not changed. sure, but I would, Im- I would imagine. Yeah, and it, I don't want to report it incorrectly, but I think they both got. And Kelly was saying today that he actually knew about Kushner's problems, you know, yeah. six months ago when he took over his. So. 
So, so I've sort of touched on like the way the NRA seems to connect um, everything, but there's her, more. And what did you guys? Oh. Her uh, security clearance. Um, yes. Uh, the uh, headline that I can see right now is um, uh, Democrats want FBI to review Ivanka's secret. That's from a few months ago. Never mind. Oh, I'll do okay. more research. Yeah, okay. I think it was like within hours of like within this week. That something came out about hers too being curtailed yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So, so what do you uh, uh, of the smorgasbord of things that that connected to the the NRA? Is there something you wanted to dive into? Well, or? I I listened to somebody who knows. Um, I don't know if I wrote her name down, but she's at the Harvard Business School, and she talked about how these things happen. Sort of like you have all these school shootings and nothing happens, nothing happens, and then one day something happens. And it's very similar to everything else that's happened, but corporations move, yeah, opinions change, and um, it it was very interesting because they were. Uh, she was saying um, uh, something like, and I will try and get her name so we have the the reference, um, that you know, there's like BlackRock, who does investment portfolios, is reevaluating what they have in some of their um, broad market, you know, diversified funds mm-hmm. and are talking about taking some of the gun stuff out of them and it's not because they're good socially it's a money thing and sure. so the money's changing which drives that or walmart target um dicks walmart dick sporting goods yep. yep and ll bean today um have changed the age they're not um and, and kroger's kroger's supermarkets apparently in ohio i saw like, oh do they sell do they sell guns too and some of them are just, raising the age to 21 yeah. walmart's getting rid of it even toys that look like ar-15s yeah and you know they're not doing that because of what's in the news they're doing it because the feedback they're getting but the, but that kind of change they're worried it's going to cost them money yeah yeah and so they move you know very deftly sort of to be in the mainstream of what's going on. And so, you know, some of it's sometimes a social thing. Sometimes it's just the tipping point where people start to feel it financially for some particular reason. Mm. And um, the um, the great boycott wasn't really what caused some of the laws to change. It was- What great boycott? Um, Cesar Chavez and- uh, the labor movement oh, in that this was, country. That was I don't remember that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I know I know I've heard of Cesar <laughs> yeah. Chavez and, and yeah, but I've, I hadn't heard well, the term the hu- great boycott. So. Yeah, well, there was a huge grape boycott. You couldn't. Oh, grape. Grape. Yes, you. Couldn't. I thought you said the great. No, said, grape. <laughs> what is the great boycott? <laughs> so right, boycott on grapes because that's what. What was that movie? What's do. wrong with somebody grape? I can think. Gilbert. Gilbert. Gilbert grape. I think it was something was eating him. Yeah, who's what's eating? Gilbert Which grape. indeed would be a problem. Yeah. So anyway, this there was a great grape boycott, and it was true. You would go into a store, and you know people give you the evil eye if you started looking like you were going to buy grapes, and you know a lot of grapes spoiled, and there was this huge labor movement and this you know labor law and uh-huh. you know treating better treatment of immigrants but those were the days well but when they do the analysis and i'm i'm you know i should have reviewed this before i started talking about it but as (laughs) i as i recall it that's how i do everything on the show the the analysis of it after the fact was that it was more of the symptom than the cause in that people were responding to something they already felt you know and Mm -hmm. that there was a there was there was 
a lot of the we always attribute things to the thing that's really obvious and on the surface and you can see it but it's you know personalities and it's businesses making decisions about money and people making decisions about you know their particular circumstance and it happens it happens piecemeal it happens you know like the schools that are hardening or that are rebuilding in such a way that it's it's harder for you to get into them and you know it it the tipping points are funny, and I'm not a sociologist or anthropologist, so I, I'm not doing this justice. But yeah. it was a very interesting piece on how this is not unsimilar to other tipping points. Yeah, I, I better make a note to remember that that point because one of the uh, we're not I don't think we're going to get into it tonight, but one of the local issues uh, that I've been thinking about we should try and talk about when I want to get in some local the politicians. The reform in East Hampton? The, 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 <laughs> yes, getting a new school and talking about Oh, like, the school in East Hampton. Yeah, because your mayor's like changing all sorts of Nicola things. Nicola Chappelle. She yeah. wants, and, well, and so there are three different proposals for like uh, how to do a school, but they're all going to require some kind of property tax increase. And there's some real debate about that. Um, yeah, the override. Thank God yeah. for the override because it makes you vote on it. Right. And I'm, I'm see, for me personally, I'm like, sure, override. Yeah, I want a new school. I, I definitely want one that isn't falling apart and I want, you know, good place for students to learn but uh there are people uh some of them are friends of mine who have the very sensible objection that like well you know if this raises your people's property taxes by you know five hundred dollars a month or something like that you know some people just can't afford that yeah they can't do it and i'm like you know fair enough that 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 is a problem even if it's you know half that 250 dollars a month not everybody can has that much extra flexibility in their budget so that's a that's a concern and i i don't want to drive you know my neighbors out of their homes because they can't afford a tax increase you know (laughs) i'm crazy that way well here's what i have if we do talk about schools but i have strong feelings about um, building schools in the state. Right. So I, I don't want to rebuild. Uh, I don't want to build a new school in East Hampton if it's going to wind up being a fortress. Well, um, and where I was going to go with it is that most cities and towns do not maintain their schools. The windows fall out. The roof gets rotten because mm-hmm. they don't. They don't get the same kind of money they do for keeping a school ma- maintained. So they're always cannibalizing oh, that money. I, I observed that at UMass when I yeah. was when I was a grad student there. Like it was there was new construction going on, but older buildings, meh, you know. So there was a capital improvements gap. Well, and for cities and towns, it's because the state will help you build a new school. They'll pay like 60 or 80 percent, depending on what the state's doing. But they won't help you with the maintenance. And Same so, thing in the nonprofit grant area. Like yeah. a, lot of, a lot of foundations want to give you money to start up a new program, but they don't want to just give and you operating it, funds. And name it after them. Valleyforradio.org slash donate. <laughs> yeah. Please. <laughs> I think I didn't write the Harvard Business School person down, but I will try and We can find look it up. It. Yeah. I don't always bring everything with me that I meant to. Oh, I just found it. Yay. Uh, Nancy Kane, Cohane, K-O-E-H-N, Harvard Business School. All right. And, um, yeah, pressure leaders... You know, what the NRA is facing, you know, whether they respond or not, what employees, investors, customers. Um, yeah. And it just, it, it's sort of an interesting, it's sort of the divestment movement and how does it actually happen? What happened with South Africa? You know, yeah, why that was, did that that was the, the example that I remember because that yeah. happened when I was in high school. And um, if, uh, as uh, Professor Clifton Crace, who was my, one of my history professors at Kenyon College way back in the day, uh, expert on South Africa in particular, uh, pointed out was that the divestments of, you know, people p- 
pulling investments out and whatnot, you know, had some effect, but in and of itself wasn't enough to bring the South African government to its knees. But not only did the political pressure, you know, the public pressure and whatnot, and the difficulty created for international relations uh, cause a problem, it also, um, but it sort of reflected a growing movement. Apparently a key point was uh, an arms embargo that made it harder for them to sort of uh, uh, conduct sort of... uh, Wars of well, racist suppression, Oppress- oppression, yeah, yeah, oppression it's, it's, of their it, people. Well, and and fund like the war in Angola, like they were a major player in the the, the ongoing war in Angola in the seventies and eighties, and it's much harder to do that when you can't get weapons from outside. So that was one reason why the apartheid regime started to to crumble is because they uh, they they couldn't get the mean, access to the means of destruction as well. Sorry, uh, that's just something yeah. I, I remembered. So, but yes, but like the, they, they, they're, they may be the weathercock, you know, yep. changing with the winds rather than driving it. Yeah. And she spoke a lot too about leadership and, you know, being sort of moral and that's a very small factor, but sometimes when the other company leaders do it, it makes it easier. They become a me too. They yeah. don't want to be, yeah. they don't want, they'd be seen by omission. Well, and, and Delta Airlines, going back to, to, yeah. to Georgia, um, uh, it's fascinating that you said it's like 13 people have used this discount. Yeah, that's what was in CNN today. So. A, <laughs> because the, 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 the president of the airline said, like, well, you know, the legislature of Georgia isn't going to bully us into changing our values. And I'm just like, <laughs> your values? Yeah. <laughs> your values are what makes us money. Yeah. You know, like, is this, you know, is, is, is such and such a, a corporate policy legal? Is it going to make us more money? Then that's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, and it, it is interesting to hear it sort of laid out. When um, um, South Africa was starting, people ever divesting from South Africa, Shell actually made a really good argument, which I remember to this day, Shell Oil Company. Yeah, yeah. And they basically said, we hire all people. We do not discriminate. Yeah. And we are a force for positive in South Africa. And therefore, we're going to stay. And it was really the subject of heated debates. And that's one of yeah. yeah and that's uh, and that's a legit argument. I mean, I'm not a gonna uh, applaud or plump for Shell Oil, but like yeah. yeah, I mean that's and that's one of the arguments. And they're very articulate about it, and they showed where they had right. you know in the diversity of their workforce, and that they didn't discriminate, we're, and that if they pulled out, it would be we're one of the major employers of black skilled black workers in South Africa. Yeah. And and that's also one of the arguments. Back, I remember after Tiananmen Square in China, it's like, well, we have to remain engaged with China because, oh, yeah. you know, like our corporate money, you know, our investment dollars, you know, like the, the the benefits of the wealth flowing in for the United States from trade with the United States is a big carrot to get the Chinese to do what we want. Yeah, and, engagement. Yep. And, you know, it's not wrong. It, it's, every so it's, it's every like, once in a while you have to shoot a hostage, though, to let them know you're serious. <laughs> That's my Republican view. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, uh, what is it about you Republicans and these gun metaphors? <laughs> kill a hostage, right? Right. You know, <laughs> everyone's going to have to kill. Poison, poison. Just, just, but wait. you know, when you when you appease and you appease and you appease, people don't quite believe you're going to do something. Right. No, uh, especially if you're economic, and and, and future is tied up with them. They know that part of the reason you're not is because the value to you. Right. I mean. This is very stark terms we're talking in, but yeah, yeah, no, and that uh, actually we should. You wanted to talk about like trade policy, so we can segue to that. We're going to take another break in in 
uh, like two minutes. But I just um, so one other thing that I um, just re- remembered. So uh, I didn't have a chance to to read it, but as I was coming over here, like the last uh, thing I saw was. Uh, uh, somebody on Slate puckishly asking about the First Amendment rights of Delta Airlines. Oh, good point. Because yeah, corporations are people. <laughs> yeah. So if, if they're Perfect. people, then then Perfect. then they can't pun- pass a tax law to punish them for choosing not to associate. Nor should they pick out winners and losers. But well, you know, right. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> well, there, there's economic arguments and 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 you know. The probity of smaller government, you know, oh, and which, which are you know, which are <laughs> smart things that you know, business Republicans have smart things to say about. But I'm just like, you know, if you're going to push through the idea that like corporations are actually have have rights as people. By do, the way, they aren't people. I we both agree on that. Yeah. I think, but yeah, it's interesting once you go down they, that path. They they are a useful legal construct for some circumstances. Yeah. They are not. Humans. I just if if they are people, then I want their corporate tax break because it just went from thirty nine to twenty one percent. So I want that tax break too. You, well, I guess we need to you know sue Corp LLC. You know, <laughs> no, no, I, we're both. So the we same have group. separate but equal tax breaks. <laughs> Ouch! And some people are more equal than others. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Oh dear. Yes. <clears throat> By the way, I saw um, Black Panther. <laughs> did you like it? I did. It did very it, much. Yeah. And I Sweet, remember, now we can still be friends. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> well, I remember the Black Panthers. I'm old enough to remember Bobby yeah, yeah. Seal and yeah. him being chained in court and all that stuff. It was wild. Yeah. And even with the lousy and press that we had then, I was I grew up in a rural place. Yeah. And you know, got local channels, yeah, like yeah. ABC, NBC. I knew that they were they were screwing with the Black Panthers. I knew that they weren't the bad guys. And I don't know how I knew that because I grew up in a, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's weird, but everybody my age knew that the Black Panthers were right. I think there's just something about like the um there's something like if all the grown-ups are telling you something the way they there's something you can sort of <laughs> tell it's like why is this bad? It's yeah. You don't like it because you find it annoying. This isn't actually. This is this is one of those grown ups like because I said so things, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Well, I, I think part of it was like you know you. I can't remember if I'm thinking of of your experiences, but you know you talked about how like just guns were just around, so it was a thing, and you know like people. I think that was more George. He was in L.A. where yeah. the guns were on the street. Well, but I mean you you know like. Like, one of the things the Black Panthers did was they said, like, hey, if we have a right to bear arms, we're bearing arms. Yeah. What's and then the problem? They, and then they get shot just like people do today. Well, so, and yeah. then the state of California under Gov- Governor Reagan is like, holy yeah. crap. Yeah. <laughs> There's black people with guns. Yeah, Chicago was the... Anyway, we should... <laughs> we should take a break. <laughs> and that's not what Black Panther is about, but it alludes to no, it. No, no, so it, it, it was, does. It alludes to the... Um, well, and in a way, what what it's about is one of the things that... And uh, Oakland was... The... I, yeah. Well, I just want to, I just want to, as we head into the break, I just want to say thank you to the actual Black Panther movement in this country for school lunches, because, yeah, let's feed the children. So, anyway, uh, we're going to take a short break here on civil politics, uh, so uh, don't go away while we play some PSAs. We'll be right back. Sundays at 10 a.m., WXOJ's radio show, Occupy the Airwaves, has the latest news from the occupation movement, locally, regionally, nationally, and around the planet. Tune in at 103.3 FM or webcasting at www.valleyfreeradio.org. Blogging at occupytheairwaves.wordpress.com. Listeners can call into the show at 413-585-1033. Classical music on Valley Free Radio. 
Tune in to Andy Musique Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. for an hour of beautiful music to start your day. Hosted by Lucy and Larry. Has anyone ever asked you, don't you have enough records? Adventure Rocket Ship is new and old. Indie pop, psych pop, post-punk, shoegaze, lots of chiming, jangly guitars and catchy melodies from both artists you know and obscure 7-inch singles from around the world. Adventure Rocket Ship, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11 p.m. on Valley Free Radio. world of opportunity is sitting here in the Pioneer Valley right in Hoyoke. Bringing together a variety of organizations, Passport Hoyoke helps you discover Hoyoke's varied treasures. With numerous events happening nearly every day, there's no reason to ever be bored. For a full list of events and member organizations, visit Passport Hoyoke on the web at www.passporthoyoke.org. Come discover the city of Hoyoke. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, We'd still love to hear from you during the show. Our social media is uh, 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 civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org, facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio, and at civilpoliticsfm on Twitter. Uh, When Genre posts links to things we talk about, he uses the uh, uh, hashtag civil references to make it easier to follow along. And... uh, that last PSA was sort of a, is a segue into something John Rahm mentioned that he wanted to reminded me that he wanted to talk about that I, I think is worth mentioning because one of the the things that's happened has been uh, you know uh, in in as we were talking about the discussion about uh, gun violence one of the things it's done is brought up the uh, the wonderful old chestnut of like well you know the issue isn't guns it's something else and one of the great something else's is video video games. Um, and as, you you do a, a show about video, video games. Game yeah, um, so I'm the station's resident um, video game expert. Uh, I guess <laughs> um, I think I'm the the one that that games the most here. But uh, yeah, well, and you have a show. I do have a show um, Monday nights at nine o'clock uh, from nine to eleven. Uh, it's called Press Start to Continue, and I play video game music and uh, hip hop that is related to video games and different nerdy pursuits. Uh, it's called Nerdcore, and, and I also play chip tunes and and other stuff. So. And it's actually really interesting musically, even if you don't play video games. So oh, it's well, a good yeah. show to listen to. That's what I think. Well, I just uh, thought I'd mention that because we like to plug <laughs> the other great programs that you can't find anywhere else and you've been here special, on Valley Free Radio. You've been a special guest on some of the other music shows. To talk I about have. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. I've been on uh, Subculture. I've been on um, the whatever. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you can find episodes at starttocontinue.com. So... <laughs> If uh, so, going back to the video games and the guns thing, um, that's always something that comes up. It's always something that um, people harp on. Uh, not just, spe- I mean, right now it's specifically guns in video games. Um, there is, there isn't really a connection between violence and playing video games specifically there have been studies that show that uh there are um there's there's heightened aggression 
after playing after playing certain games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when uh, researchers looked into it further, they found that it's because of the competition yeah. and not because of the actual oh, um, the the simulated violence on the screen. It's bec- uh, they were they were testing people playing um, Counter Strike and uh, and Call of Duty, which are um, war simulators. Um, you you're on a team with other players and you are trying to get the other team and you're trying to get to certain points, things like that. Uh, and it's a it's very fast paced. It's very um, we call it Twitch. Uh, gaming at, at times, uh, lots of lots of team movements and and it's uh, it can be very stressful. And um, there, I mean, uh, some of these games are actually broadcast on um, ESPN. Uh, they're esports. Uh, people actually get uh, they. This is their job. They're they're um, electronic sports athletes. Mm-hmm. So in that competition, the aggression goes up. Because that's how humans work. Uh, but after you play the video game, you put it down. A few hours later, it's the that that heightened aggression is gone. Um, and do you get it out of your system, or is it just a neutral? Uh, it's. I mean, the uh, let's say that you're in uh, a race. Uh, you are you're really trying really hard. You're pushing. You're pushing. You're pushing. The race is over. Do you feel like you're trying to race other people after that? Oh, good point. Okay, that is that is what the when people test about. Okay, these games make you violent, and these games don't. It's because some of the games are comp are more competition based, or you're trying to get to a certain checkpoint, and uh, it's very stressful. So you're competing either against the computer or against other people, or you're um, I don't know playing Mario. And you're and you're jumping over things, and some of the things are more benign. Some things, um, and gaming it activates different kinds of stress for different kinds of people, and it and you experience different kinds of games uh, in certain ways depending on how the developer intended. So, well, any one of my ilk, and I imagine maybe maybe yours, Susan, as well, uh, remembers playing Monopoly with your siblings as a child or with your friends as Intensely a child. Intensely competitive. And, and how, you know, there were times when you would wind up, you'd pick up the board and you'd smack the other person on the head with it because you lost and it was angry and you'd throw the, the shoe at them. And, yeah, you know, it's, you know, uh, I don't think anybody's really suggested there's a correlation between Monopoly and uh, violent crime with or without firearms, but um, it's that same competitive juices. And, yeah. you know, like an hour later, they're your friends, and you're like, God, that was dumb. Why did I do that? But, yeah, blood was up. The um, they're, they're, the example that I have um, is uh, uh, there is a game called Double Dribble um, on the Nintendo um, Oh, it's a basketball system. game, It's right? a basketball game, yeah. and I was really good at it. Mm-hmm. And my, my friend Mike was, was uh, no, uh, um, back in... Oh, before the this yes. is a classic. Nintendo this is game, the, like the Nintendo system. Entertainment System. This is the first Nintendo machine. Oh, okay. Um, hooks up to the TV and you play it with the controllers. Mm-hmm. So I was pl- we were playing this sports game and we would play for a while and I kept beating him and uh, eventually he would 
chuck the controller mm-hmm. he would get mad and just yeah. whip mm-hmm. the controller yeah. at, at, at the tv there were actually divots in the tv wow uh, because it was a wood case yeah tv there were divots in the tv because i mean nintendo uh we call it Nintendium. It's indestructible. <laughs> like you can throw these things against the wall, and oh, um, those old controllers were were solid. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, I can go into how Nintendo designs their products for hours. But uh, the point is that he don't would... they like use Dwarf Star alloys? I think, like like they used to make a uh, Thor's hammer uh, Un- Mjolnir. Unobtainium. Yeah, unobtainium. Mystic yeah. Uru metal. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> my point is... Did you ever do boxing with Wii where you actually box? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. intense. It is. Okay. Um, they, these games are intense. Those, those uh, controllers don't stand up, though. They do. <laughs> no, no, uh, they, they, they do. The straps don't that hook into your... But uh, that that you can wear, but the any we're Must digressing. Be my friends, the, they, they, they broke all the controllers boxing. <laughs> anyway, the against point, each other. You're not actually is. supposed to punch the other person. <laughs> you're supposed to just make them anyway. <laughs> oh my God, you now nerds! See, <laughs> now see, I I remember going to the arcade with the little metal duck that would go across, and you'd have to go. Oh my God, I remember those. Yeah, yeah. Ba-ding, you actually ba-ding. shoot it with an actual BB. Yeah, and then somebody else would. They then they get the two the two station ones where you're shooting trying to get it before the other person i guess we're just human yeah yeah and well you're you're of age you you remember that that deaf dumb and blind kid who sure could play a mean pinball oh right? yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> friend of yours right tommy yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so um aggression goes up this has nothing to do with guns this mm. has nothing to do with with violence um if if someone gets violent after a video game just like my friend it, he it's would just take are. a breath, and then after I stopped laughing at him, then we would then yeah. we would go do something else. Yeah. He didn't punch me or anything. He just hucked the controller. There, there are there are some cases where there are fights that break out over video games. Um, there, I mean, in the arcade when there are fighting games, um, like uh, I'm really into like a fighting game right now and i get really pumped up about it but it's not like i'm gonna go downstairs and like punch a friend or something or hug the cat across the room or something like that it's 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 a game and if you're if you're mature enough to recognize fantasy from reality then it's not a problem yeah and just like the the psa that we just played um there are some games for children there are some games for adults yeah. And if you and games like Counter Strike and and Call of Duty, those though that level of aggression will affect twelve year olds more than it would affect seventeen year olds. Yeah, or twenty year olds. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I I think back. Uh, you guys didn't know me when I was a small child in the seventies, or you know. The young teenager in the early 80s. I think I might remember you. Well, if you do, you remember <laughs> that Weird. Like, <laughs> as hell. Yes, I was. But uh, I also remember, like, there were times when, like, you know, I'd be out playing, like, softball or something like that with friends or whatever. And, like, and I sucked at these games. And, like, after I, like, lost, there were times when I'd just get so angry, I'd just be running around swinging a baseball bat and screaming and yeah. being a total, you know, out-of-control five-year-old or seven-year-old or whatever. And... You know, thank God I never, I, I, I sucked so much I never actually connected, ever, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was I was impotent in my rage, and I appreciate everybody putting up with that. But, I mean, it's like, you know, 
Like, if, yeah. if, if you know, like anything that's going to make me more likely to do that is not a good idea. <laughs> These, the people that we, but talk I don't do about, that anymore. Um, the people, I don't want to go into specific acts now because we've been talking about this stuff for so long, but because someone incredibly influential like tweeted about it then we have i i feel like i have to say something about it yeah yeah um the things like that that have happened require planning they require purchasing things going out into public it unless these are all done within the, the couple hours after playing uh a a competitive or stressful game then there's no no influence at There's all. There's no influence. Now, if the person can't see between, if the person can't disconnect um, the reality Might of be reality Earth for them. and yeah. Uh, yeah, and a game where you're trying to shoot a bunch of aliens. If there's an issue there, then yeah, there's going to be an issue with violence in video games, but that is not because of the video games. What do you um, think about the statistics that say during after the Super Bowl there's a lot of domestic violent incidents? Same thing, probably. Yeah, um, I don't know if that's true, but if it yeah. is, it, that like it would seem it would to make be... sense. I don't yeah, know. About... I don't know if it's been debunked. It may have been, yeah. but it's it's one of those ones that you know certainly the women's shelters and all are quite aware of. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday and what happens? Yeah, I mean, well, there's a lot of factors there too, um, and with any with any act of violence, there's a lot of factors that go into it, uh, but there's no silver bullet. Excuse me. There's, <laughs> you know what? I Panacea. one more thing. Yeah, one more thing. <laughs> Sorry, because I we made have, one of those yeah analogies I mean, too. To uh, like a while ago, after another one of these stupid things, um, someone I was listening to a report and someone was like. We use a lot of gun metaphors and euphemisms in this country. It's in thinking about it, it's crazy. Like, I'll take a shot. Um, this is a silver bullet. Uh, um, like we're we're locked and loaded, or or something like that. Um, it's uh, bullseye. You know, there there are so many um, gun uh, and or shooting uh, metaphors, shooting metaphors mm-hmm. um, in in our in our lexicon. It's really it's really fascinating and and it's telling about why a uh, part of why um, it's such a huge issue. But um, anyway, we we actually got an email about something else, so I'll read that while you guys talk about something. But um, <laughs> well, you mentioned there. There is no connection between guns and gun use in video games, except like if if I see a gun that is that was in a video game, I would be able to recognize that because the picture in the video game is similar. That's it. <clears throat> well, and you mentioned a uh, prominent person tweeting. That uh, same prominent person also tweeted about how trade wars are easy and uh, uh, easy to win. Good easy and, to win. Good and easy to win. Good and easy to win. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's spend the last few minutes talking about that because it's um, oh, and the EU is getting looking at bourbon and dungaree jeans. Um, well, this, and something else. I can't right. think of what they're looking at. So, so President to Trump. Respond. <laughs> so President Trump, and we were also talking about like the the sort of the stumbling chaos of messaging. Like, like, there were arguments about, uh, you know, and, and like how the president seems to listen to whoever spoke to him last. 
because there was real sort of confusion about like, wait, are we announcing a new trade plan? Are we actually saying this is what we're going to do? Are we saying here's a proposal? 25% tariff on steel, 10% on aluminum. Right. Like, and, and, <laughs> and you know, what are the numbers? And, you know, ultimately the, the people at the White House didn't know until President Trump actually said, this is what I am doing and I'm doing And I it. think he can because of the way, for at least temporarily, I think you can put a tariff on temporarily, even with the WTO and all that. The, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. There, is a, there is a place there that he can just do it with a stroke of a pen. Well, and I believe... And, I believe and the stock market dropped, so... 500 <laughs> points, yeah. Well, uh, oh, the DJI. I mean, I forget yeah. what, the, what the real indicators dropped, but, you know. But, <clears throat> and I, I stick with the Dow Jones just because it's your last name. <laughs> my name isn't Jones. <laughs> So, um, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I only pretend to be this dumb. I'm actually dumber. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, you know, what is, um, what do you think this is going to wind up doing? Do you think this is going to be another thing that, like, a week later, like, we're not going to talk about it, we're going to forget about it? Or do you think this is actually no, something I he's think gonna, he, committed yeah, to? Yeah, I think this was sort of a cam- campaign thing that he was waiting. I think he used it. Well, Mexico's not paying for the wall, so, you yep. know, I mean, so much for his campaign things, right? Well, he's still working on that one. He may get, <laughs> he may get that yeah, yet through yeah, the DACA adventure. Air quotes, working. Well, she was working on anything. Yeah, but Schumer gave him all the money. They agreed to all the money. The Democrats. I was surprised. Uh, it's just that yeah, they wouldn't bring it up. They couldn't. They couldn't get it through the sixty votes in mm. the um, House and Senate. You know that week that was. Oh right, right. The DACA week. The Democrats had put the full amount of the. Um, oh right. Wall on the on the table. So they he he had them, just couldn't close the deal. I guess. Yeah, that might have been one of the reasons why Schumer caved, I suppose. But yeah, maybe he knew it wasn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. Um. So I I think it's real because I think he he's not it's not a sentimentalist, but sort of like Ronald Reagan, he, he did he gets these things in his mind. He's nostalgic and he waxed nostalgic. rhapsodic about U.S. Steel and how much it meant to him yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Which sort of shows what an on. What a strange childhood he must have had. Well, you know, the great industrialist Carnegie and you know, yeah. all that stuff. Well, but I mean, you know, growing up as you know, as a family that's in construction and stuff like that. I mean, you, you'd think about steel and the steel industry in a way that have you not hardly anybody else who's Atlas not... Shrugged and the Reardon Steel? I mean, it was key to the whole book. I actually <laughs> haven't read Atlas Shrugged. Oh, you haven't? Oh, and I... well, it was, it was that they had created See, a I... super steel. And it was a good steel. It was a special alloy. Right, and, and the trains that basically never needed to replace the train tracks. And well, and it was lighter, and there was a, there was a million great things about it. But it, it spoke it spoke to the heart of the industrialists. I mean, it was sort of a, you know, well, like a moonshot for people like space. And and, and given the 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 love of trains and, and, and rail commuting and all kinds of things like that, the way the Republican Party has embraced railroads Americans is love clear. trains. Americans. Americans love trains. Mm. How many little kids go down and watch the trains in the? I like trains. Yeah. These days, I don't I know. like subways. Really? How yeah. many? Oh, I don't know. I huge percentage of the American population love trains. They're very, you know, that last golden spike and you know train across the country. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm saying that used to be true. I know because it used to be. Like oh, that's the right. I'm old. I forgot. I'm sorry. I, no. <laughs> no, wait. John was young. He said he likes trains. I'm also a huge nerd about about uh, public transportation, yeah. right? So you know, like most re- young Republicans. 
All right, so you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to yeah. Politics, everybody. So much our for Mike number uh, two tonight. That was our last show. Um, uh, we'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back never no, because no. Mike is the worst. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, I like uh, um, if you go to civilpoliticsradio.com, we have a short about um with the Northampton mayor talking about uh, rotaries and roundabouts that me and, and Stefan were incredibly interested in. Mm-hmm. So uh, city planning, uh, city, city planning, uh, historical city planning and uh, subways and bus lines. I was just playing, I was just playing a video game uh, called mini Metro where you build, where you're trying to build a, su- a subway system. To get little little characters around this, so oh, no. to satisfy so, the that actually the formula really the best. Fun. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I bet it would be fun. It's it's also a mobile game. It's called Mini Metro. It's incredibly relaxing. So if if and it's very simple. So it, it you can no you can linear play it programming on. required. And, and I no. actu- I actually know a number of people who are who legitimately are like really fascinated with you know like public transport, and they're like you know like. Like, you know, oh, my God, I love, the, you know, the New York City metro system or, you know, the tube, the tube. <laughs> Bart, I fell in love with it when I was in, I fell in love with it when I was in Washington, D.C. with the metro. Oh, that's yeah. a great I, I don't know anybody who loves the tea in Boston. I but, would, know. I actually, <laughs> I, like I, the I don't, tea. yeah, I don't, I do, I don't I like hang out in Boston, yeah, but, like, yeah. I probably would just Some write Some of it's it. underwater today. They're having a little trouble with Ooh. three lines. Not like it was last time, not like the blue line, but from the flooding, from the... Well, high winds and then the yeah. high tide, so, like, the water's just getting pushed ashore. Yeah, they have three, know, um, storm three places that they're, I heard that on the news. Yeah, I, I hope would, everybody down, down more yeah. coastal is okay. Oh, yeah. What was our email, or should we talk about it next week? Uh oh, um, it was something that I sent you guys. We need to research it a little more. Oh okay. Oh um, okay. But I just want to say I I shared that mini metro with our with our friend, uh, who was also obsessed with subways, and uh, she um wrote back saying I hate you. <laughs> I'm not getting anything done. So, just just wait till they come out a version where you're building a mini metro like that in Wakanda. Like she will never leave her room oh. again. <laughs> I think we could do something in Northampton, given what they've just done to the bus routes. And oh God! Oh, if we it's had like a, the opposite of planning. If we had actual public transportation here, I would be so happy. So we got to wrap up civil politics here, but I uh, we got to talk about this more because I love transportation too. Yeah, so we got to get I'm, out. I'm, I'm okay with that. We do have to get out. Though I used to get my hair cut by a guy named Ernie on King Street who was like uh, like 90 years old and was basically just doing it because it was fun. And he told used to tell me about riding the cable car from like down King Street into Holyoke when he was a kid and stuff. So, Tell us about his friend Bert later. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Civil Politics, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Civil Politics tonight. We've got Subculture coming up next, uh, followed by Off the Record, and then uh, I Heart J-Rock, I believe, right? No. OK Asia. OK Asia. I Heart J-Rock uh, later this weekend. Um, so we got some great music program programming coming up this evening, and we'll be back to hopefully talk about transportation next week. And uh, thanks for listening to Civil Politics, everyone. Uh, good night. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.